This is Nathan Toops, and you're listening to episode 8 of Embracing Disruption. disruption it's now 2014 and um, i'm actually recording this on january 11th which puts us at one year since aaron schwartz tragically took his own life for those of you who are not familiar with aaron schwartz he was an internet activist um, and a fierce defender of our civil liberties online Um, he was an amazing person who did a lot of incredible things Uh, and died far too young. The EFF, also known as the Electronic Frontier Foundation, has a wonderful write-up, and I will have uh, links to it in the show notes. I also want to bring up the very important Chaos Communication Congress. Uh, Chaos Communication Congress 2013 was the 30th event of its kind. It's a sort of hacker culture conference that happens in Germany, and this year was very interesting. It's a series of talks that can get pretty geeky, but there's two in particular that I think are very important to watch. First is the Glenn Greenwald keynote. The other very important topic I would recommend is Jacob Applebaum's talk. Jacob Applebaum's talk is important because we have documents that show the NSA's hardware that is either attached to Snoop on servers or to purposefully um, make encryption less effective. But both talks, both the Glenn Greenwald and the Jacob Applebaum talk, are great. I highly recommend watching them, and I'll have information on those in the show notes as well. On a lighter note, we have a great interview with an architect here in Austin, Texas. This is part of a larger move towards getting interviews from people who use technology um, in innovative ways, but aren't necessarily part of the what we'd consider the tech community. So without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and let our guest introduce himself. Well, my name is Jean-Pierre True. I'm from Lima, Peru. I study architecture there by actually a choice that I've made during my um, high school years. So I'm going to go ahead and stop it right there. Um, as you may notice, we did this interview in a restaurant. We were actually in the Bolden Creek Cafe, which is a fantastic coffee shop and restaurant in South Austin. So with that duly noted, I asked Jean-Pierre to tell us a little bit about his background and how he started his company. So I study architecture in Lima, uh, graduate um, there and move here to the United States, have my master's degree at the University of Texas, uh, fantastic university. And I started my own company with uh, a good friend of mine uh, and terrific designer, Aaron Vollmer. Uh, Aaron and I, we worked together at a large architecture firm here in Austin. And we, when we first started working together, we knew that there was something special there. You know, this 
uh, understanding of each other's design process. So we, we saw a lot of commonalities, and not from just the taste aspect of the of, of design, but also the way we approach design in general. So it was a great partnership. Like he brings to the table a lot of skills, and I bring to the table all their different skills. So we designed a bench, and that bench took us to New York, uh, to the ICFF, the International Contemporary Furniture Fair. And we were involved with all the top designers in the world. And I loved it. And I told Darren, we need to do this. This is what we should be doing. And it's been a successful story ever since. So we've been four years in business in Austin. We have an office in Lima, in Lima, Peru, where we're coming from. And, uh, and it's been great. And of course, we will have links to Runa Workshop in the show notes. Uh, they have a really great perspective on architecture. Uh, and it's something that I think is really interesting to see. Also, amongst that is uh, great shots of their their actual office, um, which includes that bench that he talked about that went to the ICFF in New York. So because Runa Workshop is such a design-focused company, I asked Jean-Pierre what his favorite classes were when he was studying. Design class was my favorite. So I will kind of like relegate some of the other other classes, history and stuff like that, which now regret because I wish I wish I would have paid more attention by then. But I was like a design junkie, pretty much. And the hard work is that you stay until four or five in the morning and presenting at eight. Uh, and sometimes you just pull all-nighters, and especially uh, once you... In the first years, you you really are very scattered. You don't have a system. You don't have a, um, a, a defined process. And I think that that's actually a truth for anyone who makes things or creates things, whether you're a programmer or a systems administrator or even an entrepreneur of any kind, that the the process of diving into your craft and learning it and obsessing over it and then turning it into something that can actually make real things is so interesting to me. So I moved on and asked Jean-Pierre what his biggest influences were for his work. My biggest influence in architecture, I always look in, into the past. I think the my culture, the Incan Empire, and their highly crafted um, architecture they did by the time, it was revolutionary. I mean, we, we see it nowadays, and I think that has always been an inspiration for me, what, what the next technology would be, and what the next amazing craftsmanship that a hundred years from now, people's gonna look back and say like, wow, how they did that, right? So that's one of the things, and then the other is uh, the concept of universality from uh, um, modernism. I really um, very relate to that. Um, uh, Le Corbusier is uh, one of my favorite architects. What he brought to 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 architecture uh, was um, really impressive, and, and Miss Van der Rohe too. So all, all the uh, Bauhaus. Uh, yeah, I'll say modernism is really great inspiration architecture and then also progressive architecture what's next what's the future so it goes like from pre-Columbian culture architecture which is really embedded on my culture modernism you know which was really popular in South America um, it actually lasted much longer than it, it lasted here in the United States and in some places in Europe 
and what's progressive architecture, what's next. And this is what I love hearing from people who are passionate about their craft, is that they can tell you a story, a narrative of uh, what influenced them from the past, uh, which pieces were very important to them, and then where they see things going in the future. And this picked up a bigger part of our conversation that ended up getting into technology in general, the internet, and other insights that Jean-Pierre sees in technology and how it's affecting architecture. The internet is a great way to, to look at it. I mean, it's like this universal system where things are happening and everybody in every place in the world can relate to that. So that's concept of universality in there, right? The new architecture, what I, I predict, embraces that universality. Because it also embraces the same technologies everywhere. So there's some certain standards uh, in our practice that people in Asia, people in South America, people here in the States, they use the same tools or are creating tools and they, they're starting this discourse um, of what's next and where we're heading as a profession. So I think on, on those terms, there's this universality element. Um, but also it's very unique and very placemaker, you know, it's, it's uh, very grounded. Uh, it relates a lot to, to their communities and their situations and it's because architecture in reality, it's about solving problems. And everybody has completely different problems, I mean, from, from a natural perspective, you have, you know, weather, climate, global warming, how that impacts uh, our way to the future and our new standards. Um, the way of, of, of predict how structures uh, should keep us safe, which is the main purpose of, of a structure, is, is shelter and protection. So all that is, is influenced by all these different parameters that are very uh, localized. And when I hear Jean-Pierre talk like this, all I can do is go back and think about engineering and design and architecture problems that we have to solve on the internet. And the idea behind universality and the idea that instead of universality making everything act the same, really what it does is it gives you a common language, it gives you a vocabulary to build very complex structures on top of. And that your structures are made to solve problems dealing with very specific criteria. In architecture, it might be a region or climate or uh, acknowledgement of historical significance of something. And on the internet, we deal with many of the same things, designing availability and scalability and many other challenges that have to do with the way that we communicate and share data. So the next section, we move on to architects not only solving problems that their clients ask them for, but actually going out into the community and looking for problems to solve. And this is something that I think is very interesting um, and something that Runa Workshop has some um, interesting work to talk about. So I'll let Jean-Pierre pick up from here. What we do is we identify these potential problems or existing problems and bring solutions, design solutions to it. So there's no client involved in this. It's, it's just the experience of something that we're trying to come up with a design solution to it. For example, we, we um, most of our employees, including myself, we love 
the trail. We go around Town Lake. And to put this into context, the trail around Town Lake is a really important landmark in downtown Austin. Uh, Town Lake, also known as Ladybird Lake, to an outside observer, kind of looks like a river. Um, but we have a series of dams that go through Austin, and Town Lake is a beautiful space that connects downtown Austin to South Austin. And there is a very popular trail that many, many people run and walk their dogs and bike on. It's iconic and it's beautiful, but it's not without its problems. And that's exactly what Jean-Pierre and his team are talking about. It's in, in downtown and, the, and it's right in one of the uh, busiest uh, streets, at least a section of it, which is Cesar Chavez. And it's right along the lake. So there's this section on the trail that is like not even five feet from the, from the road. So if a car, it just... And actually, there's been accidents in that spot. So it can really cause a fatality, hitting one of the runners or a, a, a person right, uh, walking with his dog and things like that. So we come up with a, a solution that is both aesthetically brings uh, character to the trail, brings the protection to uh, to the users, and uh, creates an iconic element to the city. And again, I will post a link to... Um, examples of what he's talking about uh, on their website at runaworkshop.com under portfolio. There's a project called STEM, and it's this really cool sort of open air tunnel that is has really complex structures built into it. So it's beautiful and iconic. And at the same time, it does its primary job, which is to protect the runners and the cyclists and the people walking their dogs from car accidents. So anyway, I recommend checking it out. The last thing I asked Jean-Pierre is where he thought his industry was going. I always find this question interesting because it gives you a bit of insight in what sort of disruptions are happening in his industry. And once again, there's some amazing parallels between the tech industry and what's happening in architecture. What I see architecture, especially in young firms, I see this kind of like startups. You know, you're going to see all these very talented, and this is due with the economy and, and, and our situation. Um, technology also is a big influencer. You don't need a 70 people firm anymore. You can have a world-class design project with a team of four or five people. So you're going to see all these very young talents that's going to start questioning the status quo and bring to the table new innovative ideas. And that about wraps it up. I want to thank Jean-Pierre True and Runa Workshop for being wonderful interview guests. I also want to remind everyone... Um, to please take a look at the Remembering Aaron Schwartz article on EFF's website and uh, check out those videos on the Chaos Communication Congress. Now, we have some exciting stuff in the works. I have a potential interview with someone from the Electronic Frontier Foundation. And then, of course, we have South by Southwest just around the corner. So we have lots of great things in the future. And as always, keep on striving to do great things. Thank you.